want to look uh, just at some thoughts this morning to do with something, uh, I suppose, a simple theme, but something so important um, for us, but for God as well, particularly for God, and just the thought um, about honesty. To really think about honesty today. Um, as I suppose all of us uh, come from different backgrounds, as we've been hearing about at camp and different testimonies, and as we grow up, and depending on our background and our circumstances, we learn a different, I suppose, a different approach on honesty, depending on maybe how honest um, people have been with us as we've grown up. Um, it might have a, an impact on how honest we are with um, with others, um, and it's a trait that we really value um, in other people, isn't it? Um, is is honesty because it's it's trust. And I suppose today, um, or this morning, I really want to think rather about, I mean, when we hear the word honesty, we, our mind might jump straight to how honest we are personally. But what I really want to think about is our honesty to ourselves and um, before God. Um, because um, we, uh, I suppose God is calling people, he's called us and he's still calling people and he's trying to lead us and direct us um, to a future that's really hard for us to see in some way. Yeah, and that, a natural mind doesn't really comprehend what God is trying to lead us to, but we we know through faith and through if we've experienced the Holy Ghost, we know this is something really big and really special, and 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 that we all need to be part of this for our future, for the continuance of of our existence and. It's, it comes back to us as an individual because God loved us and he's given us a free will. It comes back to our own honesty about where we stand in our relationship with God. And um, I'm I just thinking about some of the first times, uh, you know, as you're learning lessons, as you grow up in life and, and you're learning to be honest and it's always interesting watching your kids when they're little when you give them chocolate or money or something and ask how much did you get and the answer that you get back may or may not be honest. We've all got to learn those things. But I was thinking the first time in my life outside of my family when I had to learn, um, I learned a lesson about honesty. Um, I was playing, I was in my early teens and I was playing um, for, a, for a sports team and I was standing with a few mates um, about 20 metres away from the coach and um, I said something about him that wasn't that complimentary, I'll just put it that way, and um, I thought he was completely out of earshot, and then he just signalled to me and he just sort of did this, and I walked over, and he said just in a really quiet, calm voice, he said, Mark, if you've got something to say about me, I prefer you say it to my face, and my heart just, it just sunk, you know, like, and I went back to my mates, like, how did he hear from 20 metres away, he heard exactly what I said, but it's sort of this moment that stands with because he didn't react. He didn't. Um, he didn't get angry or upset. He just called the truth, and um, and it stuck with me. And I just want to um, start by turning to the book of Proverbs, chapter chapter twenty-seven, and I want to read verse uh, six. And it says here, um, "Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful." And so, really, what it's saying is you can trust the the wounds or the bruises of of a friend, of someone who's got our best interest. But um, 
the flattery or, or the kisses of somebody who's got their own motive at heart, it's, um, it's never going to be in our best interests. And when, when we think about Jesus Christ, um, he's been, as many people have experienced here, he's been a faithful and trusted friend, not just to us, but to the entire world, because we read in Isaiah 53, I'll, I'll just quote it, and it says, but he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. This, this offer of a true uh, friend, like our world has never seen, where Jesus Christ took um, our wrongdoing on his life, and he was, he was wounded as and, and, and like the passage says there in Proverbs, that faithful are the wounds of a, of, of a friend. And, um, on the other side, the Bible tells us that there's, um, there's an opposing power and there's an opposing force in this world. And it's the prince of the world, the, the devil. And he knows that in this time that we're living now, there's a short time and, um, he's smothering the world with kisses. He's patting people on the back and saying, you know, he's encouraging, well done, you you act how you want to act, you do what you want to do, you think what you want to think, and I'll I'll pat you on the back all day long and I'll smother I'll smother you with kisses for it, and that's what's happening to our world, but it's not the faithful wounds of a friend. It's not uh taking into consideration where people's lives are gonna end up and you know, God wants to show, continually keep showing all of us and to show the world honestly where he's trying to take us. And he gives us these, these, these two choices. He says, on, on one hand, there, there'll be some wounds. As, as I show you the truth about your life, about, um, you know, there's change that needs to happen in all of us, especially as God works through us in the spirit. He says, and sometimes there'll be a bit of a bruise and a bit of a wound. And, uh, and, and, and they'll knock us around a bit naturally and we, and, and it might be hard, but if we, if we, if we give in and we, we follow to the Lord, it, it'll, it'll do us good. And on the other hand, we've got this choice of the, the pat on the back and, and the kisses of the enemy to say, you, you live your life however you want and I'll, I'll back you. I'll, I'll, I'll have you 100%. And I just want to look, um, back in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 12. I said back, we need to go forward, if we're reading the same Bible, that is. Anyway, all right, Daniel chapter 12, and here's and just in verse 1, and, and I suppose for all that's going on in our world today, for all the concerns that people have, you know, about what's going on with the economy, what's going on with, um, you know, the uncertainty of war brewing, of war building in our world, of... Um, of health and, and, and disease and what's going on morally and within families and societies and a growing population. You know, I, I think we're really close on hitting or, the, the, you know, projecting eight billion people not too far away. And all the anxiety and concern that people have for the future of the world, God, um, he, he's chosen to, to lay it out and, and go, I'll, I'll give you a snapshot of what's to come. If you, if you really want to know the big picture, here is what is to come. And in, in Daniel 12 here, just in verse 1, and it says, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And 
you think of a time of trouble in our world, it's, um, there's a time of trouble. <laughs> and it says, and at, all, at that time, thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book or the book of life. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. It's really um, when all is said and done, at the end of this world and the end of life, this is what we'll, this is what we'll experience. And um, it, it talks about there about many waking or many that sleep in the dust of the earth. And, you know, Abraham was told back in Genesis that his seed would be like the dust of the earth. And you just get this, Picture, I mean, I don't know about you, but it always, um, you know, if you go to a place where there's a large crowd of people, you know, maybe a sporting event or somewhere where there's 50, 60,000 people, it, it makes you boggle a bit to think about, you know, that's a, wow, how many souls are on the earth? And that's, that's a small number. When you think about all the people that exist and all the people that ever have, you're talking about this sea of people like our mind can't imagine that are woken. And there's only two outcomes. And when we read this, you know, maybe, maybe we, we read this and we go, that's, that's the words of a friend, of a friend. Cause I could see myself waking to, to everlasting righteousness, but to some and maybe to us in the past and to many people today, it's a, it's the words, um, it, it's a wound. You know, it's a wound of a, a and, and they, and they, when you read it, you think, I, oh, I don't see that as the only two options. I, I, I believe I can create my own options. These can't be the only two outcomes for a person's life. And, and God is trying to say, if, if you really want to be honest, if you really want to be honest with your life and think, well, what, what does my life mean? What, where will it come, come to in the end? What is God leading me to? God is trying to show us. And, I just want to quickly turn to the book of Acts because there's a couple of questions that are asked here that are really timeless questions. Acts chapter 9. And it's the calling of, um, of Saul, uh, probably, you know, besides Jesus Christ, one of the most, um, uh, influential, prominent people uh, we read about in the New Testament, but his, uh, his conversion, there's just two questions he asks as God's calling him. He's, you know, the background of his life that, He's, um, he's devout in what he believes, but he's going the wrong way. And the Lord calls him. And, um, just in verse five, so without going into too much detail, he just asks one question here. He says, and who art thou, Lord? Who are you, God? And then down in verse six, um, again, I'll just pick out, it just says, um, and what will you, it says, and he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will you have me to do? There's two timeless questions there. Who are you, God? And what will you have me to do? And maybe, maybe many, many people, when we think about the sea of, of people, of lives that have lived on this planet and, you know, maybe the almost eight billion there are today, um, maybe there's people that have asked this question. Who, who are you, God? Do you exist? And what am I supposed to do with my life? But wherever anyone asks that question genuinely, when they really mean it, I mean, I, um, Sister Jan Johnson, I think on Friday, gave her testimony saying about recounting the Lord's Prayer. And she said, Lord, if you do something, I will, I'll do anything. 
And God's ears are always open when someone speaks like that from the heart. That's a, that's an honesty before God. And that's what God's looking for in our lives. And, um, I'm just looking at the time here. I, okay, maybe 15 minutes. That's all right. A little bit to go. Um, I suppose the honesty in, in life, I want, I want to turn to another passage. Just back in Ecclesiastes again. Ecclesiastes 10. Yeah, just in verse 10, um, you think about chipping away at life, and it says here, if the iron be blunt and he do not wet the edge, that's not a term we really use now, but it means to sharpen, then he must put more strength. But wisdom is profitable to direct. And you think of this, um, or if you've ever used an axe and it's blunt and you chop away, the only thing you can do is to chop harder. And you can't do it for very long because you get really exhausted. And there's a lot of people, um, if they're honest, maybe in life, in the world around us where they're chopping away and all they know to do is to chop harder. And, and, and it burns you out. You get tired. It's, um, it's, it, it's a battle. But the wisdom it's talking about here is, um, the wisdom of God. And, you know, as, as we go through life and, and, and maybe, you know, we've heard, especially if we've walked with the Lord for a number of years, we hear about, um, prayer. We hear about reading the Word of God and, and you can get into a routine of, well, the prayer is a tick box exercise or to open the Word of God, it's, it's to tick it off. But if you, if we think about what those things bring in our life, it, it's, um, it's, it's, it's really the honest part of it. And, and, and that is that, you know, prayer is not to tick a box. The Bible says that when we pray, the Holy Ghost in us, it makes intercession for us with words that we couldn't put together. What we're really doing is saying, Lord, I need an advocate for my life. I need, I need someone who can put my life into, to speak on my behalf. Because how good do we feel when someone speaks on our behalf? When someone goes into, to bat for us? That's what prayer is doing. It is making intercession for us before our Creator. And when when we open the Word of God, again, it's not to say I've read my Bible for a certain time this day or I've gone through the Scriptures. It says that His Word is a, a light unto our path and a, and a lamp unto our feet. Who would like to be able to see more of what their future holds, of more light and insight into what do I do in this situation? I've got problems going on uh, with my family or my life or this struggle and and I want to, be, I want to, I just want to be able to see it more clearly. I want to be able to see it more like you see it, Lord. And when we open the Word of God, it, um, it reacts, it responds to the Holy Ghost within us and it opens us up. And that's what it brings to our life. Maybe just, just to finish on here today, just, just three questions. If, if you're in this room now and you think, and, and maybe we have people visiting here, you've been invited here. And you think, honestly, I, I don't know what my life means. I honestly don't know where my life is, um, is going or what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. I, I was certainly in that position. There's probably a lot of other people here that were as well. Then you're in, you're in the right place to ask that question because, um, God, God is always there wanting to answer those questions that people have. You know, wanting to, he, he, um, he picks up on that like a, like a beacon and, and he want, and he answer through the Holy Ghost, that experience of the Holy Ghost. 
And um, so you said so you're in a good place. And maybe maybe just the second one, if we're honest with ourselves, if we find ourselves in a place where somehow, just through the circumstances of life, our time is hijacked, where we look at our life and, and, and we're all at different ages and different stages of think, how how did I end up in this position where maybe, you know, all of our focus and all of our commitment and our strain and stress in life and we're chopping away with that blunt axe and we're just committed in all these things that we don't know how we got there. And, and the honest part is I know, I know that deep down we know the time that we're in, the time that we can see in our world that it's the eve of the return of Jesus Christ and my life, I want my life to be more in the things of God more than just being hijacked by the natural world around me, and if if we know they're in that position, again, it's a it's a good day to be together. It's a good day to say, Lord, help me, help me to to write that. And and just lastly, honestly, too, sometimes when we think about honesty, we can think about all the things we're not doing, but some of the good things that we are doing. Maybe if we know honestly, I'm I'm happy that I'm in service to the Lord this way in my life, or I'm happy about these things in my life. Then, or I'm happy about the abilities that God's given me to help, then defend them. Defend them with all your worth. Keep using them. Keep, keep growing them. And, um, keep, uh, keep guarding that part of your future. Don't ever let it be hijacked. Just, um, keep walking with God and keep letting Him use those things that He's, um, that you know you contribute to the kingdom of God. Because, uh, um, the honesty of that is, is that, um, the, we won't go without our reward in it. And um, we've got an amazing future. There's a lot more I could say. I'm going to leave it there.